This is the dose. You may enter now. Celia. Welcome to my domain. <laughs> yeah, uh, you heard of the so called moose mindset? Well, I have to tell you something that so-called moose mindset is for fags absolute fagaroonies fagatonies yeah uh, real men use the woods mindset you know uh, ever ever seen a chick at a bar and you're thinking yeah, I wanna get some piece of that with me tonight. Yeah, uh, what you gotta do if you have the woods mindset is uh, slip a little of something in her drink and uh, well, take her home. Yeah, Bill Cosby. Uh, it's not rape if she can't say no, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Similarly, uh, yeah. If you if you want something, just do it. As uh, you know, Mike or Mike or whoever that is uh, says, you know, it's easy, really. And um, yeah, uh, if uh, if uh, you if you could have been acting like Uday Hussein then it's probably within the moose no not no, 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 not mood moose but woods mindset yeah 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 sounds good yeah
opening for his podcast. Today's podcast guests, Tim for Senate and crowdfunded Gov, are here, but they're not untying me. I don't think they'll let me go. Send help. And to sit back through accident joy, because ladies and gentlemen, it's shit You don't want me to call you Snortfrog, do you? I'm recording. Um, works. Um... I am currently at work, but are you going to do anything about this? Yeah, um, well, if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, you're probably going to get a turkey. But why don't you get the turkey? You know, the country turkey, where the Turks live. Yeah, that's right. I'm a big fan of turkey. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, my favorite thing and my, uh, uh, least favorite thing in the opposite direction. So my least favorite thing and my favorite thing combined would be the Armenian genocide. Uh, so yeah, I love Turks. Uh, so I propose uh, that, uh, you should get some real Turkish people. And eat them instead. They're absolutely delicious. Yeah. Turkey is great. Hi there, I'm Oz from the Oddball Aussie Podcast. Do you enjoy hearing about ufology, the paranormal, cryptids, and anything else that's strange or unknown? If so, then my show might just be for you. Join me for a different topic once a week and a midweek show that's all about listeners' true stories. Follow me on Twitter, at AussieOddball, or email me at theoddballaussie at hotmail.com. Hope you enjoy the show, and stay safe out there in the weird. Snorfrog? Oh, he just muted. Okay. Hello? Snorfrog? Interesting. That's a question, but I didn't quite hear. Yeah, I, I, 
and quite that something about firearms. He's I I don't remember if he's I think he's a uh, planning on becoming a gunsmith or in training to become one. So something about firearms was his question. But okay. I didn't catch well, what. I'm in favor of I'm a big proponent. I, I, I love the Second Amendment. I think it's very important. Um, I think it's underrated, and I think as we try to slice it and dice it and restrict it, we're actually, every time we do that, we're increasing governmental power, even if in the sense they're demanding that we go to them for every issue of safety. Yeah. We can't be ourselves anymore. I am back. Sorry about that. You're good. Um, no, I was asking if you were going to do anything about the epidemic of uh, firearms in this country. The epidemic of firearms? Yes. I don't see the epidemic, because they're, the sales of them are going up? Uh, well, it was a trick question. So okay. as long as I, I already gave him the lead that you're, <laughs> you know, an aspiring gunsmith, so... Yeah. <laughs> that kind of ruined your, your question. Your name, it comes up that you're a gunsmith or something, something to do with that. Uh, um, I'm very pro-Second Amendment. Um, I, there's In New York especially, though, there's, there's a certain amount of regulation that people seem to accept, but we have to push back on that. And they're, they're continually increasing the regulations. They're, they're moving towards requiring. Hey everybody, Cotton here from Dissecting Liberty. I have just started a new project called the Cotton Report. It's a news website and publication. We publish, uh, we republish articles from varying sources. I think we have about 33 right now. And it's just an amalgamation of the headlines that you may not see if you go to foxnews.com or anything dumb like that. Um, and also we have original articles written by right now we have eight writers that write regularly including me um and yeah a lot of good information on there really good place to keep up with the news separating the wheat from the chaff and also a awesome place to learn more about libertarian theory and its applications in the real world none of their business and second of all it's literally economic bigotry it will take guns out of the hands of uh lower middle class people who who have the right to hunt who have the right to protect themselves and it's just uh it's just a mess okay yeah i've always thought that um what is it uh gun control was um you know really against the poor and you know i hate to say it but as an extension of that racist um I absolutely agree that it's an extension of racism. We can take a look at what's happened in densely populated urban areas. And I think it is a factor of economic bigotry and racism. So I always try to link the two because the government doesn't care about as much about skin color as it does about keeping poor people away from rich people. Um, oh, even yeah. though the no, net results the same. It's absolutely, um, it's classist. <clears throat> like, it's no different than, um, you know, someplace like, uh, well, China is not a good example because a lot of them are legitimately racist. But, um, like, mm. if you have someone yes. who's, you know, well, you one different the race of Chinese, they're not going to get along with the other. And that's, right. just, that's not what America's been, unless you're Irish. 
Somehow the Irish plugged in, brother. <laughs> yeah, even even then that was a cultural thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm um I'm at work. I wanted to drop in, so that was a uh, interesting. Uh, where are you running for? Senate District 51. It's basically the heart of central New York. Um, it's a huge, huge district. It goes all the way down to Ulster County, all the way up to Herkimer County, then all the way out to Cortland County. It looks like a Martian ray gun if you take a look at how they gerrymandered it and cut it up and did strange things to get a couple votes for the Republican that had been there in there for a long time. Um, so, but it's huge. It's like the size of Connecticut. Oh, wow. Senate district, so... I'm in uh, Maryland, and probably before it's over with, we'll be going to South Dakota. So I, I, I won't be able to vote for you or anything, but um, yeah. anyways, I'll, I'll pray for you because we definitely need more people like that. Well, thank you Maryland, very much. I think, Maryland, I think, is the second or third worst gun gun state, so. Yeah. I think that, I, that I think South Dakota is going to see a population explosion. Over the, they, they had an unemployment rate of 4.1% this month. That, after yeah. the COVID crisis that every other state forced on their people, to see South Dakota coming out of this, uh, I don't know, pandemic. It's a pandemic in that the government handled it so poorly that they looked incompetent, and now they're covering their asses. Uh, but you look at what South Dakota did, and everybody's got to kind of have their eyeball on that. Like, man, that smells like freedom, brother. Oh yeah, no, it's um, uh, our country has always had um, what is it? What's well, the whole republic versus democracy thing? Yes. The reason you can't have a, a democracy is because people are always going to vote in their best interest. But yeah. we trust our people to at least, you know, be worthy of that, you know, to some degree. So, you know, it's it's the whole thing of you know mandatory masks and mandatory. I don't know your opinion on that, but you know that one's not as big of a deal. But more of these shutdowns that end up just crippling people. Yeah. People need to realize that uh, the American people are competent enough to figure out what they need to do, figure out how to solve these things. And you can have guidance, but you can't have this, you know, um, you know, strike down, you know, um, whatever uh, Betty's coffee shop because you know uh, X thing. It just it's it's not right. It's wrong. It's just—it's a civil injustice what they did, leaving Walmart open and closing down coffee shops and mom and pop businesses. It's first of all, it's yeah. incredible that they're not getting more pushback on it. Um, now, I'll tell you too. I work at a big department store, and um, my stocks have been going up. Like we don't have—we don't have any kind of problem with that. Meanwhile, there are several businesses. Like if you go to the mall, for example, there are several locally owned businesses. Because that's the thing, it's not even, your, your Dunkin' Donuts might go away because it's, um, they lease out, I forget the name for it, but they lease out the uh, brand name, but right. it's owned locally. So, you know, and um, it's exactly, it's owned by the people they're protesting to help, which are, you know, hardworking Indian immigrants in this case. Which, there's a stereotype there, but it's true. They're hardworking people. And yeah. Yeah, South Dakota where you said you're moving really hit my radar earlier this year uh back in april actually because that's when everyone is shut down in the dirt track world and uh front row enterprises front row challenge enterprises which is terry mccarroll's you know organization where he sanctions races out of uh 
out of Iowa, uh, and he's a legendary, you know, sprint car driver racing the World of Outlaws and stuff. Uh, he sanctioned a race sponsored by a driver out from my area who is half owners with his dad of Real Geese Decoys in uh, South Dakota during the shutdown when everybody else could, couldn't race. South Dakota let them. So, that, uh, you know. Uh, I think they were limited to like three crew members per car or whatever, but that's when everybody else was totally shut down, couldn't have any sort of get together. So, yeah. that, that's when that really hit my radar. That, you know, it was going to be a lot better out there. Yeah. Christy Nome standing up. I mean, she literally took a stand against these lockdowns. That's, that's leadership. Um, when you look at Sweden, what Sweden did was leadership. Uh, they're having no problems with COVID now, you know, it's just amazing that first of all, the, the United States is so many different sections, right? New York city and that whole metropolis area has nothing to do with my life in Senate district 51. They are, it is so far removed from what we do on a daily basis that trying to make a set of rules that applies to us and them hurts us every single time. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, I got to get back to work, but um, it's nice meeting you. I'll be uh, I'll be praying. I appreciate that. I really do. Have a good one. You too. Thank. This is looking a little bit different how it's recording than normal, so I want to check that it's actually working. Once I crowdfunded, I uh, that recording I just did with. Uh, my buddy that was just in here with him looked a little funny on my phone, so I want to make sure it's recording properly and re-listen to that for a second. Okay. Oh, all right. We're going to go with video. I can do that. You guys are going to see it. This is the world recording. There we go. I'm not sure if I just lost what I had with Snowfrog, unfortunately. But now it looks like it's recording properly, so. Sorry, Snowfrog. <laughs> Fine. Tim, the first thing I'll tell you before I record is that I don't hate any libertarian politicians. Like, I'm I'm on your side, dude. I, 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 I want you to be in charge. Yeah. yeah. I sense uh, it, and I, I understand your concern. Oh, I, like, I try to start things. You know, I told Angela the same thing, and she forgot it, but it's like, I really, I am not here to, I'm not here to dump on people more so than just try to understand where am I wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll love to share my opinion on that. That doesn't mean that your overall view lacks validity, nor does it mean that it's wrong, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I'm pretty reasonable as far as philosophical discussions go. You know, like I... Yeah, I know. I've I, I followed you for I followed you for several months at least, and yeah. it's not like you're out there like saying stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm very realistic about my chances of winning. Is that is that you? Yes, yes, this is me. Oh, you're. It's gonna be a pretty. Wow, I did not expect you to look as cool as you look, as you sound like comparably. You know, like you look like a super <laughs> cool dude. You sound like a dweeb. <laughs> I probably just looked like a dweeb until oh, no. I uh, just cut my hair this weekend when I got back from the race. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
My beard is about down to here. It's a, good, it's a good look, man. That's definitely in style. It, is, it's, it still doesn't go out any farther oh, than this, but look, my beard is down to here. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so I, I definitely say, uh, you, you guys want to start on your end with, uh, whether or not libertarian, the libertarian uh, party is, you know, a reasonable thing to, whether or not it's functional, however you want to say it, uh, Theodore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, to I'm, I'm totally okay with, with Tim breaking down what his objectives are and what he kind of thinks, because, like, I just had a really good discussion the other day with uh, a guy running for the House of Representatives in Michigan, and he was totally realistic in regards to his chances, and there was a completely different discussion than I expected. I think that that's probably I, I, where... I, I think I heard that weird. discussion. Sorry, I'm an idiot. As you said, I interrupt people constantly. Uh, I think I heard that podcast, uh, Cobb. Yeah. So one of the things, I, I, it's very... Offering my views as a third-party candidate, are, are it's a way to have impact and see how many people I can attract to what I'm calling better governance at this point, okay? Um... We have simply, especially in New York, have simply forgotten about the notion of individual rights. We have simply moved to a completely huge, big government, top-down, begging for money from people that don't have it, that have already spent it, that have already promised it to someone else. And so when you're saying the Libertarian Party has problems, yes. But at some point soon, and this is why I believe in the Libertarian Party, there's people that love the state. And people that don't love the state and so if we can coalesce around the concept of not loving the state if we end up as republicans or libertarians in, a, in my mind it almost doesn't matter i i prefer a new party every once in a while we've got to refresh and reset i think the libertarian party offers us that opportunity that, that's how i see it okay uh sounds like uh there's more of a you're more of a message guy uh, in terms of spreading a message as opposed to, because some of the people really believe that they're going to be elected as libertarians, which I think is very illogical, but there is a, there are people who I respect who believe that the Libertarian Party should be a marketing arm for liberty. I, I agree with it should be a marketing arm for liberty, and I also want to believe that we can win elections, so I want both things to happen. And one actually can't happen without the other, right? If we don't sell this concept of liberty, if we don't separate human beings from loving the state on some level, the, the rest of it can't happen. We, we won't get people elected. If I can even get the guys that I'm running against, because they're, part, they're, they're party you know, members, okay? They've got money behind them. They have party support behind them. If I can get them to even blink at some of my ideas or go, steal literally steal some of my ideas i can be like that's finally progress because right now all they do both of them are statists right where they're gonna fix new york state by begging governor andrew cuomo for money and i mean that politely to them they're stuck in a system that they don't even realize they're in they're gonna be the best beggars of money from cuomo that's what they're gonna do and to me that's not a solution you know that doesn't even make to me, that doesn't make any sense at all. 
you and I problems are with traditional party platforms and what the problem is with the state in general. You know, that's that's 99% of these conversations with libertarians that we're, we're all on the, exactly the same page. It's just the question that I'm asking everybody is, is what we're doing the most effective path? I think that that's, that is a great question. Is it the most effective path? Because as I watch us in New York develop a party, I have concerns that we're going to turn into a third party that's patterned itself after the other two parties, which doesn't hold as much value as um, patterning ourselves as a, a new concept in party politics. And so to ex explode that notion, I mean, criticize what I'm saying, and that may help me find the next sentence. You know what I mean? So um, you and I are on the same page up until that point that uh, something, something needs to change or the current system. I'm, I have concerns about the future of libertarian parties, whether the state or national or local. They just they seem to be poorly organized and they're almost looking to be parodied at some in some ways. And so that's kind of the decent centralization argument that I make that if we decentralize liberty from the national party from the state party from the local parties down to the individual I want you to do exactly what you said which is I want you to spread your message to the people and to the politicians and that's why I'm, I feel like libertarian party stands between that sometimes that's because it's a very noble goal right I love yeah yeah um so I mean I see it as uh Governments. So the the biggest. Oh, you go. I realize you're still talking. It was lagging on you. Okay, crowdfunding. I think we lost some of your um. Some some of your messages. Yeah, you muted yourself. You muted yourself, Theodore. There we go. Oh no, I was just muting myself. You guys. What? Oh. Okay. Yeah, so I, I see it as what is government? Government is an entity that has a monopoly on power, on violence. That's how it has its power, right? That's how it has the ability to tax you. So how does it receive that legitimacy and how does it convince people to agree with it and to go along with it? Because it doesn't have power unless it has a majority of people that are, are going to go along with it, right? So, a large tool in people getting along with it is them voting for it. Them saying most people or a reasonable people agree with this enough to take part in our system and vote for this person or this policy. So, if people aren't voting, it lessens the um their ability to say not their ability to say it lessens the strength of their statement that they have the authority to do these things that uh, that take part in that it, it lessens their authority and their violence people won't accept the things they do as much if there's less people voting if there's less people agreeing with even taking part in saying yes I agree with this person deciding 
who will be fined, and if they refuse to pay the fine, you know, and refuse to go to jail, then shot. You know, that that's that's how it goes. You know, you you refuse to pay a fine or whatever, then you go to jail. You refuse to go to jail, you're either risking arrest, and they'll just, you know, you're shot. You know, that's because you're fighting authority, right? So, why would I take part in a system whose ultimate power comes in killing people? Why would I agree to give them that, um, why would I give them that leeway to say, hey, people agree with me, just one more person. I feel like that one vote, no matter what, one vote's not going to do much. No matter if it's for a certain politician or whatever, one person isn't going to do much no matter how you face it, how you put it, right? If I vote for you, one person's probably not going to make the difference on whether or not you're, you know, you're elected, right? That's the... Right. So, why not say something else with that one vote that's not going to do anything? Say, no, you're full of it to the government, you know? If, if I could try to kind of summarize it so that I understand it better, um, you're, you're saying that voting offers government your consent to rule over yeah. you? Is that yeah. a fair way of putting that? That's a that's okay. a great way of putting it. I, okay, I, I I feel like philosophically I get what you're saying. You're saying we're we're getting in. We're going to. We're taking part in the system. We're taking part in it. Yeah. Avoiding them, right? Ignoring them. I, yeah. I like that idea, except for it doesn't exempt you from their monopoly and their Agreed. power. Agreed. So. Uh, We've seen guys over the years try that as a declare themselves sovereign citizens, and it doesn't work. It didn't exempt them from the use of force or monopoly power. Well, so it it it, it does a, sometimes exempt. Are, um, go ahead. It does sometimes exempt certain sects of Amish people, but that's that's another that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> they they have manipulated the system through use of religion. Yes. Um, yes. Not. I'm not unimpressed with their efforts, okay? Like they have created the society that within a society that they want, um, which I honestly respect them for that. Um, so even there, there's a, a collective action where they 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 can threaten politicians with their vote, and they can craft um, attitudes in line with the religion that allow them to step outside the law on certain things. Like they can. They can build things without workers' comp. They're all self-insured, okay? I, that's one of the things I did for a living was build things. I can't even hardly... You can't get a building permit in New York State anymore without a workers' comp policy or without um, saying that you won't hire any employees, that you're going to do the whole job yourself. Yeah. So it's either a, a lot of guys are committing fraud and saying they don't have employees and paying guys cash. Yeah. Or... They're, they're finding their ways around that system. And that, that to me, is less honest than attacking this system head-on and saying, yeah. you guys are killing this state. And, and my argument is flawless. Politics in New York State is killing the state. We, oh, yes. It's yes. causing people to leave by the millions. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. That's that's very true. Tim, I, I'm a... And I'm you know a, what? I'm it's killing tourism too. In Chicago, and I can't imagine functioning under those rules. So you're telling me every sub has to get their own built. 
you have you can get one building permit, but the general contractor is on the hook for workers comp. If any of those subcontractors don't demonstrate that they have workers comp, the the general contractor has to pay New York State workers comp on that person, or get fined oh. or get punished. I see what you're saying. Okay, man. Yeah, it, it does. And I mean, any any good contractor does that. But that would be very troubling to in, increase that burden. It's like, wow, I can't imagine proving that every time I wanted to start a job. That's crazy. I mean, the assumption is, as a licensed general contractor, I understand risk. And I understand taking, right. if I'm going to use a contractor at the sub, I'm going to make sure that they're not going to cost me money, millions of dollars when they hurt themselves. But for the state to require that is is absurd. Oh, it's it's an absolute requirement. There's forms that you can file to work your way around it. But basically, every time you write the form, if you do have some sort of employee-employer relationship, you're committing a fraud. Now, they in upstate New York, they don't investigate those frauds per se. But it's just at any point they can start investigating those frauds, right? They can start saying, they can start turning up enforcement. That's crazy. So that doesn't, so what I'm saying to you is as far as not voting without these issues on the table, you want to not vote. That doesn't alleviate you from that fraud investigation. If you ever take money from a commercial job where there's better money, um, a residential yeah. job where people all of a sudden get mad at you or they're spending a, a bank note, like if they borrow money from a bank, the bank insures, wants to ensure that you have workers' comp and that all the people that work or subcontract from you have workers' comp. And if you yeah. don't, then that can start that investigation as to who, I, who needs to pay for the workers' comp. It's obviously to, a regulation to support insurance companies, right? Isn't that yeah. what we're really talking about? Sounds like it. It sounds like a, a real, a real capture of the market there. That's 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 some uh, some pretty authoritarian stuff. No matter how you. Oh, yeah. It's to the point of, if I may, like, big operations now don't hire in anyone because of how much it costs someone. They hire in someone. That guy can't do the job for what that place can do it for. So they it's cheaper for them to have a maintenance staff that does remodeling. I'm thinking of the place where my wife works, and I've watched their crew of guys renovate this place over the course of the summer. Piecemeal, guys show up, they're working on it one day, then they're not working on another day. It's their employees doing the work, and it's the kind of thing that kills the community because they should, they should contract that stuff out, but because it's too expensive for me to go to work there and the workers' comp requirements and the liability insurance requirements, Makes it cheaper for them to hire their own guys, and they're actually committing fraud. And I, I might report them. <laughs> Tim, got guys so this, is, this is this is a great topic. Straight to me, one of my my argument mistake against them. Brother, I think your girlfriend over there that wants to uh, okay. go to dinner Which with is you that is sabotaging your internet. <laughs> you and I see this as an infringement. You and I see this as authoritarianism. Uh, can you text what you're saying? Because we're missing something a lot, actually. Yeah, you're, you're lagging out a little bit there. I am on. I'm on a hundred percent. 
wireless internet connection that is like flawless, dude. Discord is a terrible thing to record on in case you haven't been. Yeah, I... It's not on my end, I can assure you. You know what I mean? The problem's not on your end. The problem is just that... Uh, yeah, but it's only one of us, which Discord is... Discord is pretty bad. So typically... what I was trying to say, as long as I can hold a connection, is that... Uh, Hmm. Damn. Alright. I'm still with you guys. Yeah, alright. Um, I miss what you're saying. I, your internet will probably sort itself out in a second, or Discord figure out that you have internet. Uh, <laughs> I see you wearing a wrestling shirt. You follow uh, Collegiate Wrestling at all? Yes. Yeah. I can't stand. I, um, I I have a grudge against Kent State at uh Kent State's athletic department with wrestling, because uh, my brother wrestled for Kent State a few years ago, um, and uh, they kept putting him back on the mat with concussions. I ended up giving him brain damage. Uh, there was kept putting him where? Uh, back on the mat with brain damage with concussions, which eventually caused him minor brain damage. Kent State wrestling. Yeah. My kid wrestles, and um, he's pretty good uh, for his, especially for his age. He's 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 a kind of a standout for his age. All right. um, yeah. I used to follow collegiate wrestling a little bit. He, my kid's kind of lost his excitement over wrestling, so I've had to kind of. I had that make too. Make him more comfortable with his own skin. I've had to kind of dial back my own interest, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I. You know, I had that too, and I was I, when I was in second grade, I was you know traveling with my brother. My brother was nationally ranked from the time he was in fifth grade through when he had his issue in college and was eventually kicked from athlete uh, Kent State wrestling before I forgot who it was. It wasn't us that was gonna press charges, but somebody was gonna press charges against Kent State athletic department because of uh, the minor brain damage that my brother got from wrestling when the hospital figured out. You know, this isn't just a concussion anymore. Uh, and, um, so they dropped him from the team, and so that's when he stopped, but I stopped wrestling in, like, I think third grade, after wrestling since before I started kindergarten, and then I went back when I was a freshman, and I just, with my awesome, it takes me too long to process stuff, and I didn't have that, those natural reflexes anymore, so I could do it in a match, but then I'd think too much, of, I, I could do it in practice and beat the crap out of kids that were D1, because we only had, like, five kids, right? We only had like five kids on the team, so we practiced at a D1 school. Uh, we just went after school over there. And also, I was wrestling with, you know, with D1, you know, national level wrestlers all the time at home, just goofing around in our basement, which we had a mat down there to train. Uh, but right. when I got into a match, it had been so long, I just couldn't process things fast enough in that situation. And it was just, uh, it sucked. So I, I really got pummeled by kids that I. Knew I could beat because I beat the crap out of them live wrestling at practice, you know, and it just uh, right. it was horrible. And like I knew I could beat up kids that you know they had that, you know, that they had beat that, that, that I knew I could beat guys that had beat them too. And it's just like I don't know, I just didn't have it anymore after taking those years off. So I I <laughs> I can't imagine because I like I feel like I had to go back to wrestling. I couldn't not wrestle anymore, you know. After all those years, I. It was still in me. I still was hand fighting all the time, you know, with my brother and my friends and my dad and everything when I walked in through a grocery store. I still do it. 
wrestling's in my blood. I've been doing it since before I started kindergarten. And then I just, I had to go back and then it just wasn't there anymore. You know, the, the being able to do combinations and stuff without thinking, just, there's something about it that you just, once you, once you lose it, it's hard to get back, you know? I, I do know. My kid had the benefit of me teaching him how to wrestle, and yeah. I didn't know a lot about wrestling, so everything he does is funk. So yeah, it, yeah. it's all made up by him. All right, so his yeah. coaches are trying to teach him moves, and he's like, "No, no, I got this. I got this." You know what I mean? He's yeah, that's kid, that's how I'm better. I'm so much better doing that because I'm yeah. so analytical, and with my awesome, I think slower, so I've got to just react. I can't do certain moves. I have to have that technique and know how leverage works and stuff like that, and I need to know proper, you know, how you hold your hands is, you know, important. You, 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 you grip wrong, number one, it can be a penalty, and number two, it can also, you know, be a weaker grip. So there's things like that where, and then also just understanding your anatomy and how the other person's going to move, control, you can do a lot with that. You can recreate moves in the moment when, once you understand that and not get caught out doing weird things, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you even look at the, you know, D1 college kids at the national championships, they're still doing funk shit that's not real moves, you know? Right, right. The, the, the guy, like, Dean, Dean Heil, he's a very good wrestler um, that does, you know, very specific moves, very good technique, very orthodox. But then there's times where it's just absolute funk and it's like, what the hell was that? You know, and he's what a family the, friend. What like, was that? They say that all the time when my kids are asking, what the hell was that? <laughs> but it works. You know, I did a hip heist. I did a hip heist when I was in, I think, first grade on a kid. It was, I was, like, down by, like, ten points. It was my dad's birthday. My brother and I had made a pact that morning in his bedroom getting ready to, you know, weigh on the scale and stuff before we went to the tournament. We are going to both win this. It's Father's Day and Dad's birthday. We're going to win this. Uh, tournament together for his birthday and uh, you know I was down in the championship match by like 10 points and I was all distracted staring at the ceiling or something on my back I hit heist the kid and pin him with like two seconds left nice. <laughs> and I didn't know what a hip heist was <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh yeah. you know mind let's bring it back around to politics alright um, <laughs> where where I think Crowdfund and I seem to be almost exactly in line. The the issue that we're getting here, especially in New York, right, yeah. is that these two parties are acting so much alike that without a third party, and I understand the first-past-the-post argument, but without a third party, all we really have is two parties that are no, exactly the it's same one party. with very minor differences. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one so, party. So, infiltrating... The infiltrating the Republican Party, which is a good idea, costs money. They screen yeah. you based on money. Yeah, and as yes. a libertarian, that offends me. So I want to yeah. I want to ruin their shit with and, no money. And you Does know what? Yeah, I, I really respect it. And that's the reason why um, I, I'm not uh, – that's the reason I don't hate people who are running for libertarian office because you have a noble goal. Yeah. So you're trying yeah. to do right. what's – trying to do what's right against the clearly the two evils like nobody's ever going to defend or nobody would logically ever defend that either party is good right they just are they just are what they are they're just so better than the other the only, right so the only the only argument that i really make is that if if you go local enough 
you're going to find that there are races that are not filled with million dollar candidates. And that's the reason why whenever people talk about state office or even like you're doing federal office, it's like there's absolutely no chance of getting past the screen that's set up by the duopoly. Yeah, I I'm going for a state office, by the way. It's for Senate District 51. Oh, oh it's the, 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 the Senate. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, oh, that's all right. My, my apologies. But it's the it's the, the same principle. It's just like you're exactly Better, yeah. it's a it's a multi probably multi million dollar endeavor to to be competitive in many districts. It, it was uh with like the buy in is like a hundred grand. If you don't have a hundred grand in your account, your campaign account, um, you're not going to get any Republican Party assistance in petitioning and getting your name on the primary ballot. And then even post-primary, they're going to look at you like you're a sketchy grifter, right? Yeah. So they won't support you. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And that, that might be one of the reasons why I would say that we really shouldn't focus on state offices for at least five or ten years. Because the state offices are so rigged, man. Like, it's just, if you're not in the club, they're not going to let you in. I, I'm making a mess of things here, though, brother. I have some conservatives that have... Um, rejected they, the Republican Party screwed over this really attractive candidate she's really nice she's really smart she's really good-looking okay and she's very localized she's she's this hot chick going into my friends barns that I graduated from high school with and she's she's seeking office on the uh, national level um, so she did all this work she had a bunch of money and the Republican Party posed her like they put their operatives on the optically perfect former military lawyer guy that's setting up shop in Rensselaer County as a placeholder um, down the road. Maybe they run him for a bunch of things and he gets a big win somewhere. He's that guy, you know, like, I love Trump and I'm a muscle guy and he walks like a stud. And they, they so these guys have lost their minds. They've divorced themselves from the Republican Party. They love her and they like me. So that's like, if we're looking 30,000 votes can win this thing for me, 40,000 votes could win this thing for me, there's a thousand votes there if they all commit to voting for me. Um, they want to get this, um, her name's Ola Hawatma, they want to get her elected. They think that she's going to be Antonio Delgado. And these are names you guys might not recognize because whatever, yeah. Antonio's a... Democrat, but he just Trump likes him, you know, like Trump doesn't hate him. Um, so they, they have a, a great motivation and a great strategy. And like I said, they like me there. Some of them so, are going to vote for me. Uh, they aren't devoting the same energy to me that they are to her. But we still got a week or two where they could really make an impact on my campaign. And I think they're planning on that. So, so. I was uh, listening there's a study, I forgot who made the study, but um, they, uh, oh, it was, um, so whatever college it is that the guy who has the podcast Godarchy went to, uh, I can't, I can't remember what school it was, but they did a study that, um, mo that the largest percentage of people that vote actually vote based not on party lines, which is the second biggest segment of people but the largest segment of people vote based upon the looks of the person and how they sound 
So I'm like, I don't believe, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second, Ziggy. What's your source? Um, um, got the guy who does Godarchy. Um, I can't remember his name at the moment. We'll put the link to that study in the show notes because yeah. if that was true, then there's plenty of intelligent, attractive libertarian uh, candidates every every cycle in many districts. I mean, they're yeah. not like there's these crazy looking, like stupid sounding people. It's yeah. that people vote red because that's the way their daddy did, dude. Like I don't know what study would ever say the opposite. I'm messaging him on Twitter. Hopefully, he'll get back to me on that before we finish up. Um, but um, so. I was just thinking, like, you're passing up somebody that's attractive. Guys and girls are really stupid when it comes to attractive women. That's why they're. That's why it's always a. That's why it's so often a woman on the ad, not a guy, right? You see it on like, you know, the trucks, on liveries and stuff like, and in magazines, it's it's a it's a woman with the product placement, right, or whatever, or on the livery or showing off the nice car in a, in a TV ad. You know, they appeal to both. That's why when I'm doing livery design on, you know, currently I just do video game cars for people, pro gamers and stuff like that. For race cars, I style them, but I style the car. I look at the, like a GT car or something. I look at, I try and match up how this car matches a woman's curves, right? And it actually works with getting a more attractive car and getting more people to like the car, getting more people, more eyes on it. It actually works, even if I'm just making triangles right. in that shape on the car. And you can't tell without knowing what I'm doing what that is. It still catches your eye, whether you're a guy or a girl. So I'm amazed that knowing this and studies like that being out there, whether or not they're accurate, I, I'm getting uh, the source now, hopefully. Um, yeah. how, how, if there is an attractive person, like look at what Tulsi Gabbard. That was a perfect target for like you know as an anti-war candidate which i know you know we're, we're all probably yeah, wait, wait a here. second ziggy you but said tulsi gabbard tulsi gabbard Hold over you, who are they running now right old white guy oh biden, uh, she's, joe biden. She's, she's much more attractive she's so how, much how more attractive than joe that? biden that's what i'm saying that like you look at what they're doing they they, they keep making weird decisions based on what I've heard of that, and I, I was just thinking about that when you brought it up. I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but I just talk nonsense. So, uh. yeah, I want to I speak to both of your points, um, if you don't mind. One, uh, crowdfund said information that comes in the form of, I would say, polls and studies is tainted by everything. So, your study that you verified with your empirical evidence and, and design cars based on. Let me point out that, number one, I agree with crowdfund that studies are tainted. Uh, but let me also point out that this Ola used to do mommy and me makeover and she made her money like she's literally gorgeous. Okay. She's yeah. literally like perfect looking. And a part of me is convinced that they like her more than me because she is gorgeous. Like yeah. she can yeah. spark. A, a response um, and she's wonderfully nice like it's legitimate she yeah if you say hi to her she says hi to you and she means it and everybody loves that yeah. so yes studies are tainted but yes I have empirical evidence that backs up what you know uh, Rose is saying that, so it's both it's yeah. both things there's a real issue there I mean I gotta grab another beer yeah I mean, if, yourself for a second. 
if I'm going to um, sponsor a sprint car or a race car, if, yes, if there's the same track well. record on track, guy or girl, I'm going to sponsor the girl every time because she's going to get more eyes on her. Right? Every time. Of course. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And the person who looks better, people tend to trust people that look better more often. That's why you see, like, uh, in... Um, What's it? Um, look at all these movies. These these old crones or whatever. These evil people. They all look ugly, right? Look at the witch in Sleeping Beauty, right? She's ugly. You don't. You are not supposed to like her because she's ugly, right? And a lot of people do vote on that. I'm working on getting the study now. How how accurate that study is? Maybe it's just one study. Maybe you know there's bias. Maybe there's something I don't know about the study which leans it in that direction. Maybe it's all college kids because it was on a, on a campus. Well, that makes more sense, right? So that could be it. But still, I think we all see the validity in the fact that if people are voting based on that and it's encouraging, you know, it, it, and what it does is it's, it's legitimizing the state. So people are legitimating, legitimizing the state based on Wanting to vote or simp for a more attractive person. <laughs> I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I think I agree with the study that if you had um, a balanced district of 50-50 Republican or Democratic voters, that the more attractive person would win. But it doesn't carry over to third parties. There's no way. There is... And that's one of the things where you're, you have make a completely valid point, that third parties, uh, and I feel it's, maybe I'm expanding on something I feel you've said, but that third parties lack the appearance of validity in mainstream politics, okay? I, always, um, well, they don't have no money, they don't have this, look at that guy, and then there's always like the libertarian anarchist who brags about being a member of Antifa, and... There's not enough of us to shit on that guy. He's actually like a candidate for something, and you're just like, okay, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but he needs to stop talking about it because he looks like an idiot. And he makes us all, and it's very easy for really bad behavior by one libertarian to smear all of the rest of the libertarian party because of the size of it and the lack of commitment and the doubts that we have in each other. And the left-wing um, anarchists, so lips, so the things that they argue over with actual other libertarians baffles me. So I just ignore them, but they're all, they do. It does ruin our credence. Like I'm talking to my cousin who is a Democrat, a member of the Democrat Party, and she's like, well, what's this about the anarchists? And I'm just like, you know, that's, that's, I mean, and, and those, I get that you don't want to vote in your, your, you feel it's immoral. Um, but I, I'm more like voting is violence. It's power. It's authority. It's it's your most important act, and you're voting for self-defense, right? We're trying yeah. to vote to change our reality. So it's it's violence is justified in under the non-aggression principle for self-defense. It's absolutely justified. And if we don't vote, we're, we're losing our teeth. We're giving our teeth away. I'm not sure I'm right. That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'm right either. I mean, how how much? Not voting isn't going to do much either. So would, would voting against immoral things 
do just as much because either way you're not going to do it much right so would voting against the immoral thing or just not voting be the stronger case for morality i'm not sure i'm yeah right. let me yeah i'm happy to jump yeah. in on that uh ziggy because um i mean personally voting is stupid but yes this is <laughs> i mean if, if you really want like my honest advice it's like Take care of your family, take care of your community, but if you expect it to happen through politics, you're going to be very disappointed. That being yeah. said, if all, if all I'm telling people to do is go move to a log cabin with people that they agree with, I, we're not going to get anywhere. So that, that's the reason why I'm, I, I believe that there should be smart people worrying about electoral politics. Because I, much like Tim was saying earlier, that's the, that's the way that the violence happens. So... Even though sometimes it doesn't feel like you can do anything, at least there is a process that you could hypothetically change things. And my final point would be, isn't it more fun to try than just to give up and say, you know what, screw it. The world is screwed. Like, that's not any fun. Yeah. Um, and that's that's basically the impetus of, of my running. Um, number one, oh, and here, let me tell you the whole story, right? I'm an actual write-in candidate for the libertarian well for me i'm a writing candidate i'm a in in my heart a libertarian um so where i end up collaborating with this ola huatma who is awesome and attractive they have also decided that she can be a writing candidate and that's that's the goal of their election so we are disrupting the, the two-party system no matter what we're telling them that they haven't represented us appropriately and they've got to spend money now we will we're going to drain their bank accounts you know we're they're nervous and they have to respond with billboard ads and ads in the paper that they may not have had to put out there so we're having an impact um in a positive way in, in senate district 51 in new york 19. so there is that always that we look like the craziest ones but we're going to get some votes and we're making some noise and oh god if I had time, I could just go into every little detail of what I've seen. And the Republican Party doesn't have an answer for what we're doing. And the Democratic Party just has a guy that's like, well, like me, I'm running, but I'm a Democrat, period. And he paid the $10,000 to get the right amount of signatures to get on the primary and get on the ballot. <clears throat> um, I should have been on the ballot, but someone screwed me. They managed to prove to the, the New York State Board of Elections that I don't know where I live. I was my own witness on my petitions, and they invalidated my petitions because of my signature. And it was an un—it was a fatal flaw in the signature. It's like I, I signed it, I wrote Maryland instead of Milford, and therefore they were able to reject my petitions. So um, this thing is so rigged. <laughs> this thing is so, this thing is so rigged, man. It's like why? It's like they have a thousand and one rules set up to trip you up. It's like unbelievable. It's literally to protect against fraud, where they have petition walkers that are going out and collecting five bucks a signature, or eight bucks a signature, and sit at their desk and forge everyone's name. It has nothing to do with a guy going out and collecting his own signatures. I should be able to correct that flaw, right? I should be like, look, this is where I vote. You guys can see it. This is who I am. I'm the guy that signed this. I'm the guy that turned these fucking petitions in. And they still managed to invalidate my petitions. It was it was some stroke of genius. So for free, I do Facebook Lives, and I meet up with this old guard, and 
I talked to people that I like, and I, I went around and followed Larry Sharp around New York State and got to be on his platform a number of times. And none of that cost me a lot of money. It cost me a lot of time and energy, but it was worth it, right? It's like, here, duopoly, I'm sticking my thumb in your eye, and I'm causing somebody votes. Because I could literally get the Democrat elected, I think. If, I, if I'm successful enough, the Republican Party gets its ass kicked. And they deserve it for the games that they play here. The... Um, County chair in Oswego County owns a political consulting firm. So you have to pay him to do your advertising to get your name on the ballot. I'm not even fucking kidding you. Like that's how it fucking works. Tim, you're you're in you're in you're you're in Oswego County. Oswego. Oswego. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought you said Oswego. Yeah, because. uh, one of my one of my favorite accounts is the Osego um, Libertarian Party account. Are you behind that, or do you know who runs that? That is, I have other people helping me, so I can't take credit for their bullshit. And maybe some of that is my hidden bullshit. I don't even want to know. Like I don't want to admit to anything because I say things there that I wouldn't say on my Senate page. Um, and the other guys, there's other guys saying things there that I, you know, so that. We can have fun and cut loose and be libertarian. Okay. You know what yeah, I, mean? I was gonna say that that's actually one of the that's actually like one of the quote unquote libertarian party accounts that sometimes agrees with me, and I'm always like I'm always like stupefied because it's like wow that's actually one of the most reasonable accounts on Twitter that supposedly should be you know 100% against me you know so wow you guys got something in the water up there. One of you tagged me to that. Yeah. I I don't think I've seen that. Uh, that that page. So why don't you tag me to that? I'll hook you up to it. I've drank all this tea, so far. Oh this. my god! <laughs> I have to be fired up, tea. brother. Yeah, like, the OCLP. That, that's. I'm not a libertarian purist, and none of the guys in the OCLP are libertarian purists. There's there's libertarian philosophy, and there's a libertarian direction to move our life. Yeah, I saw I saw that one earlier. That's a nice um, one, man. And so, number one, and, and I'll make fun of anybody. I'll make fun of Joe Jorgensen on the OCLP. I don't care. Like, there's, I don't feel bad about that. I think that she's optically made some mistakes. She's optically battled back from those mistakes. Um, so I like her enough that she's getting my vote. But would I rather it be, and again, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Larry Sharp, but Larry's pretty... Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been a much better candidate, but oh, he yeah. didn't want that job per se. So he made his decision. They made their decision. I don't know. Warburger's too. Um, he's just a hardcore conservatarian. Like he's just. So that would appeal to conservatives, but Joe can get some something from the left and help them hate the state like we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like to. I'd like to backtrack slightly, Tim, to something that you had mentioned. Um, you had mentioned you're spending a tremendous amount of time, you know, meeting these people and talking. And this is exactly the point that I'm always trying to make, which is I feel like there are these people out there involved in the Libertarian Party that are so smart and so dedicated to liberty that when you're putting all your time into this effort, it's it's an effort that won't win political office 99 point whatever percent of the time. And that's where I'm trying to square the circle because if, if marketing is the goal, 
I don't see the party as the best method because you're obviously somebody who can talk the talk when it comes to libertarianism. You know your stuff, and you're obviously, you know, I've watched you for half an hour now. You're you're very presentable as it comes to, like, hey, give, give me a political opinion. You could do it. You could give a great opinion to somebody, right? But here's the circle that I, here's the circle that I can't square. The circle that I can't square is the... The, the chances of you winning the seat are very low, so therefore it kind of tarnishes your message. And that's where I'm wondering is, is why is it that we have to tie together the idea of running for office with spreading libertarianism? I, I, can, I can offer you an opinion on that, um, and it's just an opinion, but it is exactly the question I ask myself every day. What would be the most effective way to sell liberty and when I look at guys who have successful podcasts, I'm wondering if they're maxed out. Without having forced my way onto the platform of running for Senate, would I be as successful as offering liberty as I am because I said, look, I want your votes, and here's why I want your votes. Um, so that's a great question, and it's something I'm wrestling with. and. Of course, at some point, your free time and your money is going to run out, and that, that I'm, I'm bumping up against that now. So, so it's a fight, man. It's a, definitely a battle, and I get your point. Like, what, what else could I do to sell liberty, right? Yeah, and, because I, I, see, I see two different paths that most libertarian politicians should go down. So the first one is just if you love marketing, and there must be some liberty spreading organizations. Now, if you were younger, I'd say Young Americans for Liberty for sure. But there has to be, or there should be in the future, marketing organizations that are non-electoral that simply focus on doing what everybody always tells me. I mean, I, it's in my mentions a hundred times a day that we are spreading a libertarian message. And great, so everybody's on board with that. So the other route that I see people taking, if that's, you know, if marketing might not be your thing, but you really enjoy the idea of being in power, this is where I don't understand, where I'm sure you could find a position within 50 miles of your house that you qualify for, whether it's dog catcher, county uh, councilman, city councilman, whatever the different, you know, bureaucratic layers that you have. So those are the two ways that if I had to give you unsolicited advice, because nobody asked me, hey, Theodore, give me advice on what to do with my life. But it's like you would be great in either of those roles. It's just right. that the Libertarian Party running for state office, to me, it's like you are spinning your wheels, and it, it saddens me. That's what I said at the start of the conversation is that I want to see these people doing more for liberty. And so those are the two directions that I see as better, and I just want to know why – what do you see about those two directions that don't that don't appeal to you compared to your current path? Okay, so Otsego County itself, and that's that would be the next logical step is a county board position, or like you said, dog catcher, or a town board position. Um, if my town has five hundred people on it and they elect me to serve on the board, I reached no one. Okay, I I came in second. Um, in a town board uh, election where I was just a write-in, I started my campaign at 7 o'clock in the morning on Facebook. And I came in second with nine votes. And the person that won, won with 13 votes. Wow. And they were a writing candidate. And they were a writing candidate. Served on the board <laughs> for 20 years. You know what I mean? So they got 13 votes. And uh, well, that's the reality that we're facing. How do I reach the maximum amount of people? And how do I without damaging everything that I've tried to set up, 
um, how do I run for office and what office should I run for? So the message was, let's run for something big that I can at least people will try to listen to me and give me the benefit of the doubt that and give me their vote because that is also going to be a message to the duopoly that I have something that's worth listening to. And I think I'm having impact on that, in that department, you know? Yeah. So I'm selling liberty and asking for votes. And so wh what do I do right after I lose this election, right? <laughs> and that's, that's the problem. That's the question. There's not, you know, people are going to pay me a million dollars to be their spokesman, but maybe I affect the messaging that the two parties have. Maybe I pull them apart a little bit. Um, Maybe the Democrat gets elected and a lot of people are really mad at me and they hate libertarians after that. I don't know. No, you made you, you made you made a good you made an argument I hear all the time, so I, I I'm happy to hear you try to explain it to me. Uh, you basically mentioned the Overton window. So the idea would be if you are this third voice and then you are telling Republicans and Democrats the truth, which is anti authoritarianism, like it's the best political philosophy possible, can you right. move the window of their views a little bit towards the lower part of the spectrum where we have increased liberty. So my argument has always been that the Overton window moving by third-party candidates is a myth, but I would be interested in hearing how you think that could happen because I'm willing to change my opinion if I could if I could hear the argument or the evidence. But be, because they're so similar, because their solutions all rely on the state, if I keep talking about solutions that don't rely on the state, that back off, force them to back off on their authoritarian positions and force them to realize that their positions are authoritarian. Um, and I have moved the Overton window, but I can't do that without force. And the force is taking an election or taking votes from them. And in a close, what could be a close race, ideally, I have that power. Um, on some level, I have that power. So it should be interesting, you know, like whether what will happen after and what's going to come of my campaign. We'll know in three weeks or four weeks, you know. I have I have a prediction, Tim, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But I predict that 2021 is going to be a year in which a lot of Libertarian Party members are extremely pissed off. And I think there's going to be a lot of disillusionment in the party and uh, an agreement. That it seems like there's no pathway forward. So that's the reason why I'm running for chair and trying to end the party, because I think there's going to be a lot of people who are on board with that. But again... It's not from an anti-libertarian angle. It's an angle saying that there's way too many smart people who are not getting their message out as effectively as I'd prefer. So again, I'd prefer you specifically. Met you now 45 minutes. Normal dude. Got good libertarian views. Why are you not either full-time marketing for liberty through a liberty organization or running for an office that you could actually win and pretending to be a Democrat or Republican, because like you said, does it matter which one? No. They both believe in 99% of the same stuff. But as somebody like you, right. I would much rather have you in charge as one of my aldermen, for example. There's 50 aldermen in Chicago. I would rather have you as an alderman than any of those 50, dude. You know what I mean? It's like people like you, I need in power. So that's what I'm hoping happens in, 20, in 2021. And I'm wondering, what are, what are some paths you think are happening over the next few years? I, you're right that this is a pivotal, a pivotal election for libertarianism. It, without a doubt, you're 100% correct. So what's the strategy after this, um, for me and for, for the libertarian party, I, I am not a great party guy anyway, even though I did 
I am going to be serving on the NYLP committee. Um, so the issue is, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's obviously a great question, and it almost has me stumped, and I don't even like being stumped because I usually have an answer. Um, so, I mean, if, if, you, I if you ask at, me what I'm doing over the next few years, it's like, I mean, besides what we've talked about, I have no idea, so I'm not I'm not going to hold you, you know, not like you're an idiot for yeah. not knowing what you're about to do because nobody really does. I'm just, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain and see, like, what directions you're thinking about, you know, try to get it inside your head. Of it. Yeah. All right, so let's use Austin Peterson as an example, right? He's a guy that ran for Libertarian Party president, and now he has a platform by which he argues conservative principles of libertarianism. And it's reasonably successful, and he's actually making a living doing it. So would I accept some sort of concept like that? Yes. Like, that would be an ideal job for me where I could go do some work in the morning on a piece of property that I own and come back here and talk for a couple hours in the afternoon while I'm drinking coffee or sipping on beers. That would be... That's the dream, brother, okay. yeah. That would be... Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm talking liberty and having, having coffee and taking shit from people. I mean... Perfect. Okay. Absolutely perfect. So would I like that to happen? Yes. Will it realistically happen? I don't know because they're going to try to grow the party and I don't know how they're going to grow the party under their current guidelines of trying to be better Democrats and better Republicans than Democrats and Republicans. I see a problem yeah, with that. You got it. Okay. Um, and I like, there is a problem with drawing from the left, too, that for me that I don't find um, appealing in, in so much as that they want us to co-op their issues. And they're, they're always they're from the left. Everything they do is argument based. Right. It's not agreement based. It's I want to win an argument against the paleo libertarians. And so conservatarians are, are at least grounded in an intellectual observation of reality, not an emotional observation of reality. Again, I'll give Larry credit. He's like, but those two things have to come together. If you really want to sell liberty, the emotional appeal has to be there and the intellectual appeal has to be there. So how do I do that? And I just keep having conversations. That's, that's the only answer. And I'm willing to keep doing that even after I have to go back to work in the slogging ass, muddy, cold weather, installing solar panels or trying to sell a piece of property, some shit like that. Like, will I still do podcasts? Will I still talk to guys like you? Yes, that's what's going to happen. Oh, and I have fun doing it, man. I'm telling you, like, at some point, the endorphins start kicking in my brain when I'm running my mouth, and right now I just hit that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, same, same, brother. That's the same. That's exactly the reason why I like doing this instead of just putting myself in a log cabin, stacking up gold and furs, is because this this is fun to share ideas and try to help change the world, right? I mean, we're not doing much now, but ideas that we that we have might sprout one day. So the more you share, the more you go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump real quick because I want Ziggy to I want to put Ziggy on the spot. Ziggy, are you ready to be on the yep. spot, brother? Okay, you got you got Tim here. You got Theodore. You got like the, the polar opposites. What argument would you feel? What do you feel most compelling for the Libertarian Party? What do you think the best argument is for keeping it and preserving it? And like Tim said, like maybe he might start trying to help them over the next few years, trying to you know ramp it up if he chose to do that. What are what is the best argument for him doing that? Being more Libertarian Party involved. That's a good question. 
let me think about that for a second. Because right, all, all I have is negative arguments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, that I, you guys, if you guys want to hear um, my negative arguments, yeah. I've given them like a hundred times on Twitter and all the podcasts. So, what's an argument that you really think is in Tim's favor that, hey, Tim, you definitely should get more involved and try to save the New York Libertarian Party I, and all the county affiliates and... What do you, what do you I, think, man? You have things like uh, that focus on specifically libertarian politics, like um, well, yeah, Lines of Liberty, right? That that organization, uh, company, whatever you want to call it. Uh, stuff like that. There's, there's groups that focus specifically on libertarian politics, not libertarian philosophy, not libertarian theory, but libertarian politics. And those things, people come across them. Like, look at how I found... The, uh, found liber libertarianism, anarchy, whatever, wh whatever you want to call me. Um, first, I started out as conservative. You know who da Dan Bongino is. So Dan Dan Bongino, former Secret Service agent, you know, um, conservative media person, had a podcast. I was listening to him. He used Mises as as a source a lot of the time for economic stuff. Mises, you know, who Ludwig von Mises is, right? Okay, yes. that led me towards when I started my new job. So I'd go to that site, you know, look look for some sources stuff and research. And then I got into it. The first thing I did when I started my current job, I was able to listen to audiobooks and stuff all day. First thing I did was to listen to human action. Then another thing I did is I was able to listen to podcasts. So I literally searched for any political ideology, any political podcast there was out there and listened to everything on the spectrum. That's part of why I have... Over a thousand podcasts I'm subscribed to at the moment, right? It's all motorsports and politics. And the politics is from everything on the spectrum. That's why. That's why there's all that stuff on there. And I still go back and find out what people think every so often when I actually remember there's an election going on. Because to be honest, I forget about it. I'm focused on motorsports right now because it's summer, you know? It's all, it's all motorsports for me. I don't think about that stuff until racing season ends, to be honest, very often. Unless I'm on Twitter. Um, or on something like this. Um, so I spend all day listening to motorsports stuff and listening to audiobooks, but, um, I was listening to, like, literally all winter, every political podcast I could found. I found Friends Against Government, Rollo and Slappy Show, I found some, you know, libertarian podcasts, some anarchist podcasts, stuff like that, and those, deep in my idea. Hey everybody, this is Kyle. I'm co-host of the Dissecting Liberty podcast. Uh, I am here in Brazil, and it's quite hot. Uh, the reason my mic is so bad on the podcast is because of all the moisture, and I'm not going to fix it. It's just not going to happen, because uh, I'm not going to buy an incredibly expensive mic just to have it ruined by the moisture, and I'm definitely not move moving from Brazil because I love to have ass sweat going down my legs. But, and if you can hear any animals in the background, that is Rusty Shackleford, our number one fan. Uh, he pops in every now and again. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty wild. There's no telling what he's going to do. Uh, in our last show, he ate a live cockroach. That was pretty great. Anyway, I'd appreciate it greatly if you checked out our show, Dissecting Liberty. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cotmarcus, or my co-host, Liberty Zero, and the O at the end of zero is a zero. Thank you very much.
channel of Flix Life on YouTube. And we just kind of keep growing this incrementally, but yet we could hit some sort of geometric progression, like if we get enough guys selling Liberty and having fun doing it, all of a sudden people are going to be like, we go into arguments with those guys and all they do is laugh with us and t talk to us about a better way of governance, you know, so... Yeah. So I, I, I cut off successful. I cut off the conversation at an hour accidentally. I forgot to reset the mic. So wherever after an hour was, it got cut off, but we're recording again. So any plugs or anything you have or anything you want to retouch on that we talked about in the last, I don't know, few minutes, 10 minutes, I don't know. I just want to say thanks was. again. It was a blast. Yeah, I, I screwed up, and, you know, sorry about that, Tim. Yeah, I wasted, both of you, I wasted a little bit of time there not recording. We could have saved the world, Five or six little comment, brother. I mean, damn it. <laughs> it's all good, man. The whole goal is just my, my whole goal is just to try to learn how people that think differently than me, how they think differently and why. So you made that happen. And I've also I've never met Tim and I've been wanting 
to for some time yeah. from listening to him. So um, this is cool. Yeah, yeah nice, give me your plug and also. Nervous for. Yeah, give give me your plugs, guys, and then also give me a uh uh t- tag me on that uh page that Tim runs that you guys are talking about on Twitter. The last thing is um Tim, if I I think uh, you crowdfunded, you've done an ad for my show, right? So you have an ad on there. Uh, Tim, if you want to just record uh, something, yeah. an audio of something sometime and send me an MP3 or something or whatever, I'll drop it into the ads on my show. I let all my guests do ads on it. Um, okay. So just n- no worries, n- no cost or anything. Just, you know, you want to throw something on there for, you know, you're running for send or whatever, want to throw an ad in there, just send me an MP3 file and I'll throw right. it into the... I'll do that. I'll throw it in. I, I can figure out how to... <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, guys. Thank you. You said you have kids. They can help. Touch on Twitter. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Take care. Yeah, you too. Um, so you crowdfunded. Ziggy, if uh, what's up, brother? Um, you you uh, you recently changed? Did no, you didn't change your app, did you? You just changed the name above it, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, I've I've never I've never changed my ad for four years, but I always change the handle. For yeah, sure. you just change. Okay, so we're still good with that. Um, that app that I have you of because otherwise the old messages you don't show up and stuff like that. So I hate when people change their ad. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no nobody should ever change their ad. I get so mad when people do. I wish people would just stick with the ad. Yeah. Change the tag. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I always want to know who, like, because that irritates me. Sometimes people get angry when you don't know who they are and they change their at, like, six months ago, and it's like, dude, I don't remember. Why Why didn't you stick with it? Yeah, I'll change my tag sometimes for funny things like uh, Ned Kelly, Dose Ride, Dose Ride a Cop or something because Ned Kelly wrote on the back of a cop once. He's a, he's an interesting historical figure from Australia. He, he um, it's it, Fascinating. Have you, do you know who that is, Ned Kelly? Uh, who'd you say? Sorry, you keep getting notifications that block your I voice. I did not get a notification there. Um, but Ned Kelly, Australian historical figure, oh. Bush Ranger. No? Okay. So Ned Kelly, who's a Bush Ranger, cattle rustler, robber, all sorts of shit in, in old Australia, right? And, um, he used to do all sorts of shit, like, he'd, he'd hold, he'd throw, he'd rob somebody, right, and then throw a party with the money he just robbed there, and throw a party to the people that he's holding up and robbing. So, like, yeah, you're all hostages, but, open bars, you know, or, like, whatever, you know what I mean? He throw, and, like, he had the gang they did, and it's... It's a fascinating figure, and he was also an asshole. Uh, but um, he, when he was killed, one of the things he did, he actually wrote on the back of a cop once. Uh, there's all sorts of crazy stories about him. But when he was killed, he had ho- homemade body armor, and the entire Australian police force was at him, was coming at him. Um, a, a, a whole trainload of the Australian police force came to arrest him or kill him. And was trying to kill him, and he he made body armor out of a out of somebody's plow, 
and walked into gunfire, just like two guns blazing, what? body armor like this, and made out of somebody's plow. Yeah, this is crazy. I'll 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 drop you a picture. I'll show you a picture of his armor. He just walked straight into fire, guns blazing, with this freaking armor on. Okay. Oh, uh, I'll check this out. What do you got? Copy image. Um. There we go. What? That. He walked straight into fire with that. And a rifle. Like, seriously. This dude's a badass. <laughs> That's how he went down. You know, it's nighttime, there's fires, he's just walking into fire with this on, guns blazing at the entire Australian police force. <laughs> Why would somebody do that? That's insane. Because he's going to awesome. be killed anyway, because he was holding people hostage during a party, and, you know, they come in, oh, the entire okay. Australian police force is coming for him, so he just wa <laughs> walks into fire fucking guns blazing, it's crazy. Um... So yeah, Ned, Ke Ned Kelly, uh, horrible person, badass. <laughs> Shout out to Ned Kelly, brother. Yeah. So, uh, Ned Kelly, I'll send you some stuff on Ned Kelly, man, to listen to. This guy is the most entertaining figure in Australian history, man. I mean, you'll be laughing yeah, your ass um, off for days. Oh, I mean, he wrote on the back of a cop. <laughs> And obviously the cop wasn't letting him because the cop was trying to arrest him or whatever. I don't even know the whole story. But yeah, it's, uh, so at one point I changed my, uh, my name on Twitter, though, long story short, to Dose Kelly Dose, Ned Kelly Dose Ride on a Cop. To keep Dose in there. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah, you gotta always have Dose, but, uh, that, that's yeah. a pretty cool meme, man. I've never heard of that guy. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, You should he's, post that to General. Give us, give us some info on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start, I'll start posting shit on Ned Kelly. Um, I'll start posting Ned Kelly stuff on Twitter again. I went on a Ned Kelly rampage, you know, listened to podcasts and books and shit on him for about two or three weeks a few months ago. <laughs> That's uh, good, man. So, Ziggy, if anybody pops into the lounge, let me know at me, but uh, my girlfriend is bothering me to do some dinner, so I'm going to uh, go get some dinner taken care of real quick. Yeah, you better do that. You're gonna get in trouble. No, I gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta, she was, she was upset at how late I was planning on podcasting with you. She was very happy that I was gonna do it early. So, uh, but if sure. a few people pop in the bar, uh, let me know. Send me an ad or something. I'll, I'll pop back in for a... All right, I, I'll keep the lounge and bar open or whatever channel I happen to be in at the time and people pop in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Keep it open, yeah. If, if if people pop in, let me know. I'll uh, I'll slide in. But otherwise, thank you for hosting me and Tim, man. That was uh, that yeah. was a good discussion. Like I said, dude, Tim's a good dude. Like, I really I'm so happy whenever people give me the chance to talk to these guys because I don't want to like yell at them or embarrass them. I yeah. genuinely want to know what they think, and you let me do that, man. Thank yeah, you. I, I I hate though that I. Uh, you know, I love Anchor and how easy it makes it for me that I can just set my phone next to my computer, but I hate that I'm completely incompetent and forget to cut it off at an hour and restart the, and restart another, you know, segment, but, yeah. Uh, I think you're, you're, you're not muted. I can't hear you. Whatever. Go, go do your thing. I don't know. Yeah, We'll do it. A, we'll, we'll do it another time uh, when we get a chance to record everything in full. It's fine, man. As long as we got a chance to, to discuss our ideas, that's what's important. Yeah. Um. So, 
Um, you go have a good time with your girlfriend, and I'll stay here and probably yeah. fold laundry or know. something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me know if the lounge or the bar fills up a bit, and I'll, I'll slide in and talk some shit. All right. You go have right, you go care. have Thanks dinner and make sure you drink plenty for when you come back. <laughs> oh shoot! I didn't have him tell a story. We've got to have him back on now. Oh, oh yeah, we've we got to have him I'm back on. Dude, you, no, it's okay. He got away. You already, you already know oh. my approach. He, he he just got away with that. Oh, no, we can't have that. He's he got to come a, back. He got away on you, man. No, that's oh. fine. I, I didn't give a story either. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. All right, Ziggy. Yeah, but you got right. I, I gave you the opportunity. You just refused. So. I just I just don't. I don't do, no, I don't do it, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you probably would have said the same thing. All right, yeah, Ziggy, I'll catch uh, you later, brother. You too. It's Dino Files. I am. I'm just, wait, I'm just keeping my plugs, right? Whatever you want for an ad for to put on all my future episodes. Oh, okay. I'm Dino from Dino Files. I am on the internet. I'm Dino from Dino Files and theroguefile.com and Alternative Internet Radio. I exist everywhere. I am all things. We are all Dino. <laughs> the gripping chill, the men in huddles, drinking beer and telling stories. Children playing with cousin, father, aunt, and uncle. Wives around campfires, a piercing deep rumble. Like that of a dragon defending his den. Everyone stops, an electric shiver runs down their spines. It is the sound of power coming to defend its nest. Its enemies soon join and perform their best to ward off the weak of heart. They fly in circles upon the dessert ring, 
one at a time. They pause and salute their ancestors. They do battle once more. Two rows of five do battle again. Their battle cry deafening and force mighty, around they fly, no leeway to stay. Some crash, tumble, and burn in flames, others win their bouts of ten. But the fight's not over, not this day. The losers fight, if able with will. Four of many earn his way to the end of this gruesome war. They arrive once more on this bloodstained track. For a fight like no other, they say this day. They pause. Take one last look, this full moon night. The cry again stains the night. Four by four, they salute their loved ones this frightful night. Two by two, they begin once more. Thirty times round, one and one only can claim this night. Dorsaliar. Hi, this is Theodore Quinoa with Crowdfunded Government. Find me and my crazy idea that you will hate at crowdfundedgovernment.com and, of course, in the mean streets of Twitter, at crowdfundedgov. Now, back to the book. And now, for a musical prayer from my brother. Psalm 88. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest pit in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You've taken me from my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness and destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. You've taken me from friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Not my will, Lord but yours be done. Please send help! He still kept me here! Oh my god! No! No, not the whip again! <laughs>